This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, y'all, who dat? Welcome in. This is a special edition of Inside Black and Gold. There was just so much going on that we wanted to do a secondary mailbag so that we could get to a lot of viewer questions. Didn't want to cram it into the last episode. So this is going to be probably a two-segment. I'm going to try to shoot for maybe a half-hour episode here. But whoever's listening on on the podcast feed will already know how long it is. So I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. But we're going to dive into the mailbag and get to as many questions as we can. There's a lot in there. So I'm going to try to get to all of those first. But if you drop any questions in the feed, since we st- after we st- get going here, I'll try to do as many as we can. But I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. If you're watching if, on YouTube, it's that WWL Sports. Hit the bell, ring the bell, and subscribe to that channel. And make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak at Steve Geller WWL. If you have any questions that we don't get to here. That'd be a good place to ask him. So without further ado, you know, I think this is a good question. Just Robin Stugari says, why don't we blitz more? Seem to work well in the second half. And I think our secondary is talented enough to cover. We need to get to the QB more. You know, I, I actually don't think the blitz has worked. Um, you know, I don't think the Saints don't blitz a lot. They're not a blitz scheme, right? And so they're very unimaginative blitzes because you just don't do a lot of them. And so, like, I, you're talking about, I, I want to bring pressure from the linebacker level. I don't want to see defensive backs blitzing, but I do want to see spies. I want to see spies on the quarterback more often. You did that with Pete Werner in this game, but yeah. I'd like to see it, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'd like to see, you know, maybe go into dime packages a little bit more. If they're not running the ball, at least not traditionally running the ball, and you can just get into dime. Jordan Howden didn't have a snap in this game. I thought that was strange. You know, I think there's a there's an option for you to get into dime and have a defensive back spying the quarterback. Um, maybe do something like that. I don't think blitzing is the answer because I think that just one of your issues is you're you're getting everything's going haywire and you're allowing the quarterback to kind of freewheel and and break contain and do whatever. You want to pin him. You, you want to keep him in the pocket. You want to force him to beat you from the pocket. And one thing blitzing does is it kind of it kind of explodes everything and it makes it, it just everything gets a little hectic. And against certain quarterbacks, like a Jared Goff, I think you want to be able to do that. Against a Derek Carr, you want to be able to do that. And that kind of disrupts the timing and everything. Against a Josh Dobbs, 
if you don't get him down, then you're screwed, right? Then you're under leveraged in the secondary. And so I think to me, it's not about blitzing. It's about disguising pressure and bringing it from the linebacker level so that you can have someone else spy the quarterback. But I, I agree. I think that you do need to get a little bit more creative with how you're pressuring the quarterback. Yeah, that's my biggest thing, too. It's like, I, I, I don't know whatever is needed at this point, but the lack of pressure has uh, definitely been an issue. And then it seems like when you were able to get to these guys, whoever it is, has been just been taken off and running down the green pra- pasture. And, and the frustrating one, I think, especially was like a Trevor Lawrence. I, you know, you, I didn't expect him to be as mobile as he was, honestly. Yeah, and like I'll say, like in most instances, when you're talking about a blitz-heavy team, they're not blitzing because they want to. They're blitzing because they have to. And you might you might say, well, the Saints have to. The Saints have to be better. But I don't know. Like I don't think this this defense. I don't think the answer for this defense is blitz is is, is a heavier blitz game. And they're not the. I mean, I think they're 23rd in the NFL in blitz rate, which is obviously not high, but it's also not like last in the NFL. Like there's teams that blitz less than they do. Um, so I, I think generating pressure and containing quarterbacks is a, is a question, but I'm just not like, I don't think more defensive back blitzes is the answer. I, I wouldn't mind seeing more five man pressures again from the interior, like a gap pressure, but you got to get there. And there was a couple instances where they sent line. I know that I saw at least one where they sent Lonnie Johnson on a blitz and he just got picked up. Like that's the worst is when you blitz and they pick it up. Cause then you're screwed. Then you're just like, Oh, hopefully the quarterback screws up because someone's open. And that's why it's frustrating for the Saints is they never pick it up. You know, I'm a little curious this year because they were better last season, obviously. And you can't tell me like, oh, because Caden Ellis has gone. All of a sudden, they're not as good as, you know, sending guys. Well, I mean, that is a factor, right? I think one one thing that happened last year is you didn't have Marshawn for 10 games. So you weren't as comfortable just having your defensive backs be out there on an island. So you did send more pressure, especially from the linebacker level. Now you don't have that, you know. I'd like Zach Bond can be that guy, maybe. Like I think you maybe you find a way to to ramp up the pressure that way. But you know, you, I I do think losing Caden Ellis in that regard is is a factor. And you know, people will say, well, they should have they should have paid him. You were never going to pay him what the Falcons paid him. I don't care if you're paying Derek Carr. I don't care if you're paying Jameis Winston. They were never going to invest twenty eight million dollars, like seven million dollars a year in a Sam linebacker, right? In their third linebacker. Now, if DeMario had retired, then all in, right? But you just, you can only invest so much in backups. No, and I think that was a pretty, actually, I won't say big, but a a key piece to Ryan Nielsen going over to Atlanta too. He wanted to bring probably uh, Ellis with him along with even an Onyemata. Yeah, no one else was paying Caden Ellis that much. Not even the Saints. Like, you know, it, it, it's funny because we can say, well, the reason Caden got paid was because he kind of bl- exploded and, you know, like had that, that opportunity. But, you know, that that's only that was only helpful for Ryan. Ryan was going to want to take him either way, you know, but that kind of helped him probably sell the idea to Terry, who also, you know, knew, knew Caden. Right. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's something. Here's a well, we got a positive comment from Natch. The Saints will be OK. Just make the playoffs get in the dance you know and, and i do i do wonder you know and and like i think we talked about this last week at a certain point you just you just have to be a fan and, and hope for the best right like i get it it's frustrating but don't I, I i think that there's a there's a middle ground where you can be frustrated and 
you know, say like, this isn't going well and we need to do things differently and maybe and, and like critical, but it should still come from a place of like, I want the team to be good and I'm not going to be upset if they go out and win games. And that's where, you know, I went on a rant about like the kind of the toxic fanhood thing. And like, that's the difference to me. If you're, if your criticism is coming from a place of, I want this team to be better, then that's one thing. If your criticism is coming from a place of, oh, I'm, I want this team to be so bad that everyone gets fired. Eh, I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind and of we could draft Caleb. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't know. Like, like I, there's, when I talk about the fanhood that, that bothers me, it's like, it feels like there are people, if the saints made it to like the NFC championship this year, if they want, if they got on a run and they just got hot, you know, like one of those giants teams and just made a run that people would be mad about. And like at a certain just point, you've got to be a fan, right? I, I don't, I would hope folks aren't that caught up in wanting Dennis Allen fired that they're pissed off if they make the playoffs. I think, and then have a good run too. I think there would be because they know that it would mean that Dennis is coming back. But hate to break it to you, I'm pretty sure like the Dennis is going to come back. And so, yeah, and I get it. I get it. You know, like it's, it's frustrating. But like at a certain, like I, I do wonder, I am curious. So if you end up at the point where you're nine and eight and in the postseason, it's like you should still be excited to, 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 for a home playoff game. That's all I'm going to say. It's like, don't, you know, home playoff games don't happen that often, right? Like you just, it, it, I get it. The Breeze Peyton era probably left people with this idea of what rooting for an NFL team is supposed to be like. Go ask some of your older friends. Go ask like your grandfather what it was like rooting for the Saints in like the 80s, right? Like, <laughs> there, like there's a lot of teams that a home playoff game would be like the mecca of what they could hope for. And so don't waste that opportunity to enjoy your team winning a division is all I'm going to say. Like, because there is a point where you just got to just, just take the ride, you know? Can I, can I just pay for a ticket to the second half of the game? Yeah. Just don't watch (laughs) it. Just don't watch the first half. Um, But again, and I will say like, there's this idea that no team in the saints position right now has ever, has ever gone to the playoffs and had success. And I need you to understand that is objectively false, right? Like teams can get hot in the second half of a season. And it's really all it is. It's like, you just, you figure some things out and you get going and you might say, this team doesn't have a chance to be that. I'll tell you guys, Dennis Allen is not that different from Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin is the same kind of like, man, you know, like <laughs> no one really liked him. But, you know, like, they, they, it just worked, and you got it going, and, and they won two Super Bowls with that dude. Um, you know, and the the funniest Tom Coughlin story that, uh, you know, he, he and Michael Strahan used to, used to get into it. And one of the things that Michael Strahan hated about Tom was he had set all of the – and this is just an old-school head coach thing. Like, I'm not saying DA does this, but he had set all of the clocks in the building ahead 10 minutes. And so if you were – if you were on time for a meeting, you were late. Like if you if the meeting started at eight and you got there at seven fifty nine on your watch, you yeah. were nine minutes late. And Michael Strahan was a superstar defensive end, right? Like he, I think he still has the sack record. I don't think TJ got it. I think it was close, but yeah, I could be wrong. Either way, you know this was a guy who literally was dominant. Like he was one of the best pass. He's a hall of famer. And he was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like I showed up. It's like the meeting. If you want, if you want the meeting to start at seven 50, then start the meeting at seven 50. Don't tell me it's eight o'clock and get mad at me for showing up anyway. 
So, I mean, like that's, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, but if you're telling me that you're going to look back at those giants teams that won Super Bowls and that they were, <laughs> that they were in better situations than the saints are right now, I'm going to tell you that they were not. No one believed in Eli Manning before that, that, that first Super Bowl. And no one really believed him before that, believed in him before that second one either. But because he had won one already, he had, he had job security and they were never going to move on from him until Ben McAdoo showed up and they were like, Hey, maybe Gino's the guy. And maybe he would have been if they give him a chance. So I like, it's, it's not as simple as saying this team doesn't have a chance. It's, it's, can they fix their issues, get their shit figured out and get hot at the right time. And any team is capable of doing that. Now, do I feel like that's that that's where the Saints season is headed? Probably not. I, I don't. I had. I don't see the signs. But again, like this is this is kind of that fulcrum right here. Is that bye week, right? Like you got through the first half of the season, which is the pre bye part of the season. Now you're on the stretch run, and you have a lot of winnable games, and you can get hot, right? Like you can win some games. Like I said, I think they actually match up pretty well against the Lions. Will they win? I don't know, but they're not going to have the same types of struggles that they have had against Josh Dobbs, against not Kyler Murray. Who did they face? Uh, oh, uh, agent. You know, like they're not going to have those types of mobile quarterback problems. So, you know, and, and, and a win in that game, suddenly everyone's looking like, oh, my God, maybe they're for real. You know, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, they just didn't face a guy who could move. Look what and, we're saying, though. Problems with Bajan and Dobbs. Whoopity doodah. Well, they, they also got five turnovers in that game, so <laughs> – uh, anyway. uh, the, the, the sad thing, though, too, is obviously the team hasn't beaten a, a, a squad with a winning record yet. No, yeah, that's a bad stat. That is a, that is a brutal stat when you really look at it. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That said, the Colts are, you know, like you could say like, oh, is it a winning record at the time or is it a winning record at the end of the season, right? Well, when do you judge that? Because like you Colts, them. I'm pretty sure the Colts are going to end up with a winning record by the end of the season. Colts are a solid football team. And so, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of strange. But, you know, like the, the Bucs, didn't the Bucs have a winning record? I, I, I guess they, they lost to the Bucs, right? But like it's, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's the whole thing. But no, the Saints have not beaten good teams and they have lost to a couple bad teams. But I, I don't I don't think the Vikings are a bad team. I think the Vikings are a sneaky good football team. And that's not just because the Saints lost to them. It's just because like they've done it two weeks in a row. They've done it five weeks in a row. Like they've won five games in a row without just Yeah, they have a winning record, so we can't beat them. Well, I mean, but that doesn't happen by accident. Like the I think that's you know, you gotta get gotta give credit to Kevin O'Connell. You gotta give credit Absolutely. to that. Shout team. out to him for sure. Like, you know, like the I think that's a good football team. And the Saints obviously would like to consider themselves a good football team, but I think you saw the difference in that game. Uh, Jerry G says, five and two, we should be eight and two. Not thrilled at being in first place with a five and five record, but I will take it. I like that last sentence because that's... I'll that's take you it too, right? No, no one's going to apologize for winning the division, right? It's, But at the same time, yeah, like that Packers game, man, that's, that that one really, really peels my grapes. Uh, like, <laughs> should have won that game, yeah. That's so frustrating. Um, but I agree with you. Thanks for the comment, Jerry. 
Saint for life. Josh Dobbs rolls off the couch one week ago and beat the Saints like he's a pro bowler. Again, like I'll say that, he, like he did the same thing to the Falcons. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if he comes back to earth or if maybe they found something there. He's going to, it's his, it's his team. Maybe they can, maybe he can like play Creed the whole way to the, the Super Bowl. I don't know. That would be a kind of a crazy story. If well, like that, that, a deep run in the playoffs. The, the touchdown run he had is absolutely ridiculous. And He's way yeah, more athletic than I remember. Right, exactly. I was like, who the hell? You know, and then you look, oh, he's only only Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards as a quarterback. And you're like, oh, I, I get it. Well, the other crazy thing is he only had four rushing yards in the second half of that game. But it wasn't just the rushing yards like that. Like It's not just QB's rushing that kills the Saints. It's extending play. Yeah, the escapability, right. Like he had one, I think it was a third down that he was dead to rights. And then he just found a way to make a guy miss and just dump the ball to Hawkinson. And it was like, yeah, that's not going to go down as a like a QB rush. But man, the, his legs made that play. Um, and so, yeah, no, I mean, like I, like I remember watching him at Tennessee. I don't remember him being that <laughs> athletic. Like I, I watched him last year with the Titans again in Tennessee. And then he's, but, I, know, I know he's not old, but he's, he's like, Fairly, you could say he's a journeyman already. He's, he's, he's been in the league since 2018. Came in the league the same, uh, like a year after Alvin, I think, or maybe the same year as Alvin. It's just yeah, wild. He, he was a fourth round pick. Around so much. Yeah, he was a fourth round pick in 2017. He's the same age as Alvin. Like he's been in the league since the same time Alvin has. He's just never gotten a chance to start. But I mean, like, you know, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, you just kind of kind of hang around and, and get your chance. And, you know, if he had started as a rookie, he probably would have sucked. Because rookies suck. Unless you're CJ Stroud, apparently. I'm surprised we have there. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody calling for Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner. Jake the Snake. <laughs> I like Jake. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing Jake. Don Tomasino. Did y'all see how the O-line was just running around on the screenplays? Didn't touch nobody. Oh, trust me. I got a close look at that. It was bad. I, it's just frustrating because it's like they were set up. The screens were set up. They just failed. Like, you got one job. Find somebody. Knock them over. Right? Like, you don't have to be perfect, but you do have to block somebody. Uh, and it was just like you have these gigantic bodies, and still Alvin is getting taken down. Like you, Because, like, you see, like, the play works, right? Like, you, you see the rush, and they get baited upfield. And then you dump it off, and in your initial reaction is like, wow, we got the ball to Alvin in space. He's got a blocker he can work with. This should be a big play. No. No. Um, I, that's so frustrating to me because when you go back and you're like, what one some of the marquee moments of the of the Breeze, Peyton, Camara offense is those screens that you would just catch people with, and it was like 20 yards cake. You know, like you weren't even he wasn't even like breaking into a sprint. It was just kind of like a, a light jog behind behind these big boys. And now it's like, you know, it, it's like a panic attack. Every time he catches the ball, it's like he's getting hit from all sides. And <laughs> I agree. We, yeah, we talk about, you know, some of the changes maybe with staff stuff. I think O-line could be something in this offseason that you, you might look to do something there because it's not it hasn't been working. No, I agree. I agree. Let's get a couple more questions here and then take a quick break. St. John Butler says JPP can help stop the run if he has anything left in the tank. See, I don't think stopping the run has been a huge issue. I think this team is built to stop the run, and in most cases, they have been successful, right? 
Except the um, quarterbacks. Well, right. Exactly. Like against the Colts, they run on everybody. Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, very good. You're going to let up rushing yards. Um, against the Texans, you know, it's just starting to feel like, man, the Texans are just a very good team. Um, they run the ball too. They have good good offensive line. CJ Stroud is keeping people honest. Um, so those, t- I think you struggle to stop the run in that game. But, you know, the Jags, they really didn't run the ball other than Trevor Lawrence. Like ETN, you know, they got to the edges, but they didn't run the ball. You didn't see like traditional run plays. In this game, I felt like you you stopped the run pretty effectively. Um, the Bucks game was kind of in the middle. You know, you only let up like 50-something rushing yards, but a lot of it was on first down. And to me, that's the, that's the thing is – the first down run plays where they set themselves up in second and four, you know, the situations the saints got in and still failed. Um, but like JPP is not coming in to be a rundowns player. If you're bringing in Jason Pierre, Paul, it's as a situational pass rusher. And like, and I hate to say this, but like, I don't think cam needs to be on the field for all passing downs. And like, I think he still plays the run. Well, like that's part of the deal. Like he's a run first player anyway, but I would not hate to see him maybe shift inside to the defensive tackle position and see if he can make some hay that way. And then you maybe get JPP on the outside, but either way, JPP is going to be a practice squad guy if you bring him in. And so you're talking about an elevation as opposed to, okay, he's, he's there every week. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, the guy's been on the street and I, I do think he can help the pass rush, but don't obviously expect miracles of miracles to happen either. No, right. There's a reason he's still on the street right now. It's not because he's he's a, a dominant player that he once was. And right, it's not going to be like Miles Garrett coming in tearing up shit. Exactly. <laughs> J Rock. Somebody explain to me how how are the Saints still in first place in the division? Well, well <laughs> that's that's how math works. First, um, uh, I'm going to introduce you to the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Carolina Panthers. Well, the funny thing is like Josh Dobbs and Josh Dobbs, former team, both beat the NFC South this week, Right. Um, which Kyler Murray had a great game. Kyler Murray led them down the field, but like, it's so funny. You look at the Falcons and the saints and you're in very similar situations. And, you know, well, I think one of these coaches is going to be gone at the end of the year. I think one of them is, and it's going to, if the other one's going to win the division. Well, Uh, I mean, I know Arthur Smith's the smoke's definitely coming from his chair because, you know, you sit, you think about, oh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan. It's like, why aren't these weapons getting utilized? (laughs) Well, because the Falcons did the most like it's so obvious that they're doing the wrong thing and they continue to do it like it's the Giants. did. Like the parallels between the Falcons and the Giants are hilarious with the end of Matt Ryan's career and the end of Eli Manning's career. Right. The Falcons went with Kyle Pitts. The Giants went with Evan Ingram. The Falcons went with Bijan Robinson. The Giants went with Saquon Barkley. But what they forgot to do was draft linemen and get a quarterback, <laughs> right? Like, like, oh, we got all these weapons, but you have no one to get them the ball. And like, oh, we're just going to start Taylor Heineke. The Giants did it with Geno Smith because he like couldn't. It's just hilarious that you can watch that exact scenario play out and fall right into that hole yourself because it's like, oh, he's a unicorn. Come on. Don't, don't draft the tight end in the top 10. Don't draft a running back in the top 10 unless you are a Super Bowl team. Unless, like, that's the only time it makes sense. Like, even the Panthers, like, Christian McCaffrey was one of the best running backs in football for a long time. But it's like, I still don't think that was the right draft pick. And you know who's benefiting from Christian McCaffrey right now? The team that was already going to win. 
and so now they're just better because of it. Like those are the teams that should be going and getting those running backs, but it's always the bad teams that think, oh, we're just one running back away. Like, no, you're never just one running back away. You're a team away. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 just another thing with the Niners too, it's nauseating to see them have a guy like Chase Young joining in and you're like, great, you just you know, amplified that defense even more. Well, yeah, we had, we had someone ask about like why didn't the Saints go at Chase Young? And here's the thing: like when you are good already, you can afford <laughs> to take those leaps, right? The Saints aren't in a position. Like I don't want the Saints to be giving up third round draft picks. No, no, please don't. Right. They don't have one. <laughs> they don't have one to trade. So in order for the Saints to go at Chase Young, they might have to give up that second rounder from Denver, and that's a lot. Like that's hell no, right? So are you going to do that or are you going to – so you can't – you don't have a third rounder to trade, so you're not going to trade that second rounder. So you're going to have to match the value. You're going to have to beat that 49ers third somehow. So right. you're going to give up a future third and maybe a future second? No, that's what everyone's mad about that they already did. So, like, no, I the, don't the, – they were right to not go after Chase Young once the price got to that third round. If it was a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder, maybe. Right? I could see it. Third rounder, absolutely not. That's That's a steep price for a guy who's a rental that you're going to have to pay. But all right, let's take a quick break, come back here, and we'll close out this special Inside Black and Gold mailbag edition. Thanks, everyone who's here. Thanks, everyone who's watching. Thanks, everyone who's dropped in a comment. Appreciate y'all. As always, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We will be right back. <laughs> 